actually, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I remember, I remember. Uh, welcome to Unqualified Sports, where the unqualified athlete has the most qualified opinions. Again, we back, right? And we got a lot to discuss. So I ain't gonna even, I ain't gonna even talk too much. Matter of fact, actually, I told Shot I was gonna wait to the end of the show, but I gotta set the tone, right? I gotta set the tone for this show because. I can recall like about two weeks ago, and I'm going to be as brief as I possibly can because I'm not a brief person. I remember about two weeks ago, Shy told me I thought it was sweet. Now, y'all don't know what I'm talking about, but we in this fantasy football league together. Shy was talking mad track. You thought it was sweet over here, huh? And the funny thing about that is I was in last place at that time. But now they went on a two-game winning streak. And I'm one game away from making the playoffs. And Shad actually has mathematically been disqualified from the playoffs. He the one thought it was sweet. And we're gonna get into the we're gonna get into the Cowboys and Colts later. We're gonna talk about that later. But just know the Cowboys looking like they're gonna have a better record than the Colts. So that man gonna owe me my little vegan dinner, my little vegan burger or whatnot. You know what I'm saying? So either way. Hey, 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 I can talk my trash, I can talk my trash, you know what I'm saying, either way, dawg, Let, let's get right into it, dawg, Ashley Cowboys, huge upset last week, even as a Cowboys fan, it surprised me how well they played, um, some people say it was a controversial game, to me, refs was horrible, they played well on both sides of the ball, um, it's well on defense mainly. I can't say they played well on both sides of the ball. Dak Prescott had three, three turnovers, three fumbles. He got 11 on the season, which is ridiculous for any player. But either way, uh, Cowboys actually looking really good right now. What you thought about that game? Um, funny game. Um, I think Cowboys set the tone early. You know, move the ball down the field and Tank on the very first drive. And the defense played well. I mean, you heard a lot about. The Cowboys defense coming into this game, and they had a lot to say about the Saints offense and how they felt overlooked. And everybody was giving the Saints offense credit, which was well deserved because of the way they had been playing this season. But, you know, the Cowboys really showed up, and it didn't seem like the Saints wanted that game, man. They was out of rhythm. The Cowboys kept them, you know, really confused with a lot of their defensive coverages. And they did the most important thing, which is the key to being the Saints, is get pressure on the Right. I totally agree. I totally agree. Um, as the famous Mike Tyson line, uh, we all got a plan until we get punched in the mouth. Uh, and it seemed like, to me, the game was over after the first series that the Saints had. And I didn't. I wasn't that confident at that moment, just to be completely honest. But you could kind of see, like, it was like uh, they were flustered. It was almost like, okay, we, wasn't, we really wasn't expecting them to come out like this. You know what I'm saying? It was like... Kind of a shock to everybody, actually. So, um, I think that just took over the whole game. It seemed like that defense really just said, we're not going to let y'all beat us. And even as a fan of the Cowboys, I keep I know I keep saying that, but I didn't realize, like, Byron Jones was one of the best cornerbacks in the league. They don't talk about him like that. You know what I'm saying? I think it's because he's a Cowboy. And on the, main, on the shows that I watch, they don't like the Cowboys, so they're not going to really give too much uh, – press to particular players they get more press to jerry jones than anybody uh but that man pretty good he he put a he put a nice little locking down on uh on michael thomas um 
I, I think I think they're really good, man. I, I think I don't know how far this is gonna take us. I'm not that delusional fan that's gonna be like, yeah, we Super Bowl contenders. Now nah, we beat the Saints. I'm pump my brakes, cause uh, when we get into these playoffs, we gonna see that it's gonna be some tough sledding, bro. Some real tough sledding. <clears throat> but the MVP race possibly changed, and it seems like it's changing week to week with uh, the Cowboys beating the Saints. Drew Brees, what, threw one touchdown, which almost didn't happen due to, like, penalties on the Cowboys and whatnot, stuff like that. Uh, he only threw one touchdown. Some people saying it could have potentially messed up his, his chance to win the MVP this year. Then Patrick Mahomes not only double back and get 40 touchdowns, but then throw an extra one and put himself at 41 touchdowns on the season uh, to lead the league. Then Aaron Donald comes and gets another two sacks or two and a half sacks this week um, to give him 16 and a half sacks on the season. Then you got your honorable mentions like Russell Wilson, who got 29 and five, 29 touchdown, five pick. Phillip Rivers, 28 touchdown, six picks. Jared Goff, 27 touchdown, seven picks. Ty Gurley, uh, 1,100 yards, 15 rushing touchdowns, four uh, receiving touchdowns. I mean, it's ridiculous right now as far as the amount of talent that's in this MVP race. Do you think that uh, anything that happened this past week changed the narrative of who's the leader now? Um, I can see how some people that were favoring Drew Brees before this week may have shifted over to the Mahomes side, but I'm on record to say I had Mahomes going into last, last week, and so it didn't change anything for me. I'm still going Mahomes as of right now. Yeah, it's hard to go against Mahomes, especially, you know, in the last two weeks, he didn't throw 10 touchdowns. It's like, well, the last two games, he threw 10 touchdowns. So it's like, I mean, the dude, he's still on pace to eclipse 50. I don't know. And then, like, when you look at the Rams, you got Jared Goff having, he, he didn't throw 3,700 yards. He on pace to break a 5,000-yard season. You got Ty Gurley. He going to probably get 25-plus touchdowns or more, uh, depending on if they play out the rest of the season. Aaron Donald, I personally think he the most impressive player on their team because 16 and a half sacks, like I said the week, the last time we did a podcast, 14 sacks as a defensive tackle throughout the entire season is paramount. So the yeah. more he adds to it, the more it's like, what? Is really going on because this dude is just really destroying, like what we how we look at a de defensive tackle. He's completely changing the the outlook of defensive tackle single handedly right now. So I don't know who's more impressive in that in that way. I think Drew Brees is he still very efficient. Uh, I don't think I don't think he threw a pick in that game. No, he did. He threw a pick in that game. He did throw a pick against the Cowboys he threw a pick on, that, on the last drive. Yeah, he, last drive. yeah, he threw a pick. So, I mean, he's still very efficient. I mean, 
it's 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 still it's like okay, with Drew Brees, what through two, three picks, something like that. Like he got almost thirty touchdowns. It's like seventy eh, some percent. Eh, like that's still really hard to compete with, and it's one of them. Yeah, it's like yeah, you don't know if his efficiency gonna overtop Mahomes. And like we were saying, but in the pre in a little pre meeting. Like Russell Wilson, he he just keeps getting better. Who's to say Russell Wilson won't finish the season with 40 touchdowns in the next four games? You know what I'm saying? So it's like Russell Wilson going to make it hard on everybody. Two people we're not talking about, and this is what I like about it. Two people we're not talking about, Tom Brady and Rodgers. We're not even discussing them in this discussion um, because they're not playing that well this year. It compared to everybody else. And I think that's pretty cool because that goes to show you that the future of the NFL is bright. It's a lot of talent on both sides of the football. And I think I think we got we we in for a lot of good football over the next 10, 20 years. You know what I'm saying? Um But on to some more negative stuff to deal with. Did you have anything else you wanted to say about that before we moved on? Um what's crazy about that, how we talking about we're not talking about Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers because they're not playing as well as I hate to move to a bad thing, but bad news happened abruptly, just randomly Friday night. My partner was like, man, you seen what happened with Kareem Hunt? And I was like, no. He was like, man, the Chiefs released him. And I'm like, what? So Kareem Hunt, if you haven't seen it, has a video out. Um, some domestic violence. I'm not about to minimize it at all. He put his hands on the woman. He pushed her down. He even kicked her when she was on the ground. He had multiple guys, men, trying to hold him back. And... They were successful to a degree, but they wasn't successful enough to stop him from actually putting his hands on this woman. Um, they have claims that the woman may have said something to him to trigger this. They also have a claim where uh, one of his friends was talking to the woman or in guy's terms. He had threw his partner on one of the women. The woman ain't want to give him whatever he was supposed to get from her, whatever, however that go. If it's just attention or if it was something else past that. And he got mad. I just don't understand that. Because, Shad, if I wasn't married and you didn't have a secretary, I wouldn't throw you on a woman and get mad at her if she ain't entertain you like you felt like you should have been entertained. If anything, as your partner, I'm a clown you because you ain't get her. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's me. But and I, I feel like it'll be vice versa. You know what I'm saying? So I kind of feel like that's out the way. Um, Kareem Hunt, well, before we get into... His interview with uh, with Lisa Salters. What did you think about the video, the cutting, and like before you heard before you heard his apology? What did you think about everything? I was completely disgusted. I was completely disgusted. Um, I actually went back second call when the story broke. Uh, I started video as soon as it was released, and 
23 years old. Yeah. He's a kid. And I know a lot of people are saying, well, he's not a kid. He's over 21. Yes, he is over 21. So, you know, by definition, he is a man. But as far as living as a, as a young adult, he's still a kid. He hasn't grown up yet, you know, and I'm sure he's going to learn from this. But as far as the video itself, it was really, really disgusted. And the part that, that bothered me the most about it was that he had a group of people around him that was trying to do the right thing with and keep your friend out of that situation. And he just fought, he fought them all off and, and just had total disregard for what they was trying to do and what they was trying to prevent from happening. And he made it happen. And therefore, he had to deal with the consequences that comes with that. And I feel... I don't feel sorry for him in that regard. I agree. I, I will. I will say this though, um, and I think it's because of how how we normalize this, and not not it's not on purpose. I think with the with the advent of social media and its and its growth and and how it's expanding and how we see, and I, I feel like I have to touch on this because I just think it's important how we see. Uh, black men get killed on camera. How we see so many heinous things on on social media. How we even see these same black, some black men, some white, some Hispanic, whatever men in general, beating women on camera. It's almost not a numbness for me, but something told me, and I, I I'm not being insensitive. I I I think he's completely wrong. A hundred percent think he's completely wrong. But it was almost a sense of it's not as bad as blank. You see what I'm saying? And that's yeah. I, I'm pretty sure I'm I not the only that. person thought like that in a sense. Like, well, at least it wasn't you know blank. So it's like I feel bad for her. I I don't really feel bad for him in the sense of what he did. But I do understand too. You know, like you say, he's still still basically a, a kid in as far as as far as his mindset goes and stuff like that, because a mature individual, clearly his maturity level isn't up to par of what you would expect of a 23 year old because he wouldn't have did that. But at the same time, um, he is 23. He's 23. He's he's a mil. He basically on, on he was on pace to become a millionaire. He was having a great uh, NFL career, who knows what that life is like if you haven't lived it. Um, so, not making any excuses for him, just saying that let's just not be so quick to be extremely judgmental of somebody's mistake past the moment. Because at the end of the day, he made him, he gonna make a mistake. And what I'm about to get into, he apologized. And he deserves every bit of scrutiny he gets right now. But at some point, you have to. We have to find ways to get past these things, and I, I believe it will happen. Now he did come on later, and he talked to uh, Lisa Salters, which uh, no disrespect to my wife, but if I ever had a crush on a uh, uh, female sportscaster, it's always been Lisa Salters. That thing fine, boy. Lord have mercy. Anyway, uh, I, you can be out of it. You can be out of it. You ain't got to say nothing. I'm, I speak yeah, no, for you. No, no, no. I speak for you. You think she fine too. No, you're not speaking to me. You're not speaking to me. <laughs> but you're anyway. Not speaking me. I'm <laughs> so, uh, we got Lisa Salter having an interview with him. He apologized. 
he didn't want to express um the 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 details of exactly what happened. He felt ba he you know he expressed he felt bad about it. Honestly, if anything showcased outside of that video that he was still a kid at heart was the way he had this interview. Um, I've interviewed a 17 year old that spoke better than him and not to not to say it's bad but just to say just to show you where he's at mentally with certain stuff um he was he he just showed his age at that time like he showed his maturity level not saying you know it just was like he just wasn't a grown man doing he he took responsibility um what you thought about that man what you thought about his his interview his post interview after that I think he handled the situation as well as you can in a situation that was so terrible. Um, he owned up to it, took responsibility for his actions, didn't hide away, didn't tell him doing no interviews. Um, not, you know, he, he gave an apology. But do you feel like it's sincere or not? I know a lot of people was questioning the sincerity of his apology, but he did apologize. And I believe it would have been a lot more flat uh, a bigger issue had he not said anything. He didn't apologize. And so, you know, if he hadn't apologized, people would have said, oh, he's, he's totally insensitive. He didn't even apologize for the things he did. And now that he apologized, people say, oh, it wasn't sincere. He doesn't mean it. You know, so you're going to deal with screening either way because of what you just did or what just came out because the incident was actually in February. Right. But, um, and, what a lot of people are not talking about is how the NFL went about handling the situation when it when it was reported in February. How they didn't even talk to Kareem Hunt about the situation. They just took they reached out to the woman, the woman was unavailable for comment, and then they just went on about their business. And so now that the video dropped, you know, all this is happening and but that's another that's a whole separate issue on how the NFL handles these things. But as far as Kareem Hunt goes and how he handled the situation post-incident. And I think he did what he can do in the situation. He, he's done everything he could possibly do to try to ease the blow a little bit. But, you know, people are going to be upset and they have every right to be. And you just got to deal with it now. There's a lot of backlash coming and you just got to deal with it. Right, right. I, I totally agree. Uh, I think I agree with you. I think he did the right thing. I think... I think he did the right thing in going ahead, going to a huge media outlet and saying, look, I'm wrong. I'm wrong, and I'm sorry. And I think that as a man, I think that stand-up, as a man, and, and, this, and, and this is crazy to say this after what he did, but as a man, when you're wrong, it's your responsibility to say I was wrong and I apologize for whatever I did, especially if you're in the public eye. That is your responsibility and that showed right. maturity in some ways on his part even though he still was stuttering a lot in his interview and stuff like that and he just his speech skills wasn't what you what we want people to be in a sense of how we view him and stuff but i think that he did a good job um me and you spoke about it um i won't say the person but um a particular woman uh sportscaster said something about him and she she basically she goes to, to me personally she goes to the extreme with things and uh i just don't think it's fair in a sense of 
you damned if you do, you damned if you don't. Kind of, you kind of spotlighted that. Like, if he wouldn't have said nothing, it'd have been bam. It would have been this. Now that he said something, it's like, oh, now nah, we need all the details. We need to know exactly what happened. And one of the other sports commentators who I always refer to, Max Kellerman, he said, which gives away who I'm talking about, but he said, you know, that's going to sound like he's just making excuses. Well, this is why I did that because of this. Look, it's not even important why he did it. We've seen the result of whatever happened that made that happen. So we don't need to know what happened in order for him to put his hands on this woman. We just need to know if you are remorseful and if you are truly being a man about it and accepting whatever comes to you. He apologized to the Chiefs for uh, for lying to them. Uh, you know, and, and I, I mean, I think after a year or so, I don't think this is as bad as the Ray Rice situation, so I think he will get a job. Um, I think some people got to watch how they being so extra judgmental on this young man as if he can't make this mistake. Even Jerry Jones out of everybody. Oh, my God. Jerry Jones even came out and said something like, we have zero tolerance for domestic abuse. Stop it. I ain't going to get into that. I'm just, just putting an example out there how ridiculous some of these comments are about this guy. So, um, so with that being said, I'm gonna move forward, dog, because I can go a whole another ten minutes on that. Yeah, me too. Mike McCarthy actually, not some more bad news. Some people is bad news. Packers fans made the good news. Uh, Mike McCarthy got fired. Now this is the second time this ever happened where coaches gotten fired in during the regular season. Um, what do you think about them firing him right now in in the season uh, and in general? Like, what do you think about it? Man, I'm not mad at them for the fire. What I do feel like is very disrespectful Mike McCarthy is firing him in the middle of the season. I think he's done enough for that franchise to at least deserve the right to finish the season. Now, he's a Super Bowl winning coach. This man has bought a Super Bowl to your franchise. And you have the audacity to fire him mid-season. That should be a testament and a sign to all the future coaches that's going to be lining up at the door to get that job. Is how they would handle you. Anytime you bring a Super Bowl to a franchise and they don't even have enough respect for you to let you finish out the current season that you're in. Now, what's the difference? What's going to change? I understand they're probably doing it but they can get a uh, head start on the coaching search. But still, have enough respect for that man and his family. For all he's done for your franchise, at least let him finish out the season. I know you was having a riff with Aaron Rodgers or whatever, and he wasn't on the same page. But just have enough respect as an organization to let that man finish out his season. And then go about it the next day, which is Black Monday, I think it's called, you know, when a whole bunch of coaches get fired and releasing their duty. Hey, bro, I totally agree with you, bro, because, I mean, I could think, I, I can't personally think of, like, by name, but I could just think every year, just like that, 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 that time frame where you say Black Monday or something, like, you just know all these, like, coaches that you didn't even know probably remember their name, you know what I'm saying? They get fired yeah. uh, at the end of the season, and they don't have a resume, mm -hmm. period. Like, their resume is exactly. that season. So it's like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, And you know what's funny, though? This the second time this season, actually, 
that that happened. Hugh Jackson. Hugh Jackson. I didn't realize that. Mm -hmm. Um, but but Hugh Jackson was almost like understandable because he didn't do nothing. (laughs) He didn't do nothing. He won. I think they won two games this year with him on with him on staff. Well, at least they tied one. I know they won one. I think they won two with him on staff. Last year. Right. Not one, which he should have been fired last year uh, on that Black yeah. Monday. But uh, I, I agree. I, I do think it was disrespectful. Um, my my next question to you would be, how much do you think Aaron Rodgers had to do with this firing now? Um, 99.99999%. Man, that man put out the Lysol number. Nothing was completely Aaron Rodgers all over it, and you can see it. I think anybody else that had an issue with it, they would prolong it, and it would have jumped out to the end of the season. But because it's Aaron Rodgers, who arguably is the best quarterback in the NFL, um, you know, you have to act, you have to act right. That's the coolest possible. You know, you can't, you can't wait around to please your franchise guy. I mean, it's 13 weeks into the season. You got four more games to play. I think if you could put up with somebody for three months, you could put up with them for another month. That's just me. Uh, I do think Aaron Rodgers have something to do with it. Um, I don't think I, – I personally think it's more on management. In a sense, I mean, I know management fires him. But I think it's more on management personally because – Management have this kind of like, like they even was disrespectful to Aaron Rodgers last year. They was like, "You just worry about playing football. Don't worry about the decisions we make." Remember when they fired his uh, his uh, quarterback coach? And they was like, he went up there to talk to him about, it and he was like, "You just worry about football." Like, so I don't know how much influence he have on the on management because you know they have like a a group of people that own the team. You know, it's like almost like shareholders or something. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, so it's like, it's like, I don't know how much, I think Aaron Rodgers definitely had something to do with it. Uh, I don't want to absolve him or anything, but I just think that, um, he, he probably don't have majority of the, of the blame, but I can see why that's being said. I heard somebody say this morning, uh, Aaron Rodgers is the CEO of the, of the Packers. When you paying somebody 30, I think 60 some million dollars just this year alone. Uh he probably got he probably can make some some decisions. You know what I'm saying? So um, Yeah, definitely. Especially when it comes to who who uh, making the play calls and stuff. Um potential coaching candidates. Um you know, I'm pretty sure you heard some names circulate around who you think um who you think going Probably be the next coach of the Packers. Um, I think if they have the pick that they want, it's probably with Josh McDaniels, just because he's proven. I mean, he has NFL experience, and although his last run as a head coach with the Broncos wasn't really that successful, I think he's proven that he can at least turn the offense into a top-notch, top-notch. Which he has done with Tom Brady year after year after year, and I think him and Aaron Rodgers will be a great match. And he definitely can get that offense back on track. And if he's able to go 
out there and get a good defensive coordinator. I think he can return Green Bay back into a, a powerhouse like team. I, 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 I've heard, I've heard his name. Um, he seems to get it, but he seems to get it because I mean, he clearly he's a, he's a Super Bowl winning coordinator. So, I mean, I, I'm, I'm not against it. He wasn't necessarily great as a head coach, but they have people that go through their slumps. Bill Belichick went through a slump when he first coached the Browns. He didn't have a good season his first season, first couple seasons. He wasn't. Anybody that coaches the Browns looks too slow. <laughs> Actually, that's proven to be true unless you coach the Browns in like 1940 or something. You know what I'm saying? 1930 or something. <laughs> yeah, like a long time ago. Uh, but um, I don't know. I mean, you got your you got you gonna have so many vacancies to fill this year. Um, at in the NFL, so it's like. You got so many things, so many things like you got like uh, Lincoln Riley, college college coach. I even heard them talking about like some coaches that's moving around in the college ranks. They even said Jim Harbaugh might come back to the league. Um, so I don't know, um, but interesting thing um, to to discuss and then segue. Urban Meyer, Urban Meyer might come to the league now. They saying he might take off longer than. They might he might take off a year, but the Green Bay opportunity as a coach is a great one. Urban Meyer definitely knows the the ins and outs of these new uh, offenses where that 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 are being taken from college to the pros. So he has the upper hand on that. He's like a he's known as an offensive genius uh, in the college ranks, and he's always been ahead of the game as far as his his uh his offense. So I mean. We're going to touch on it, but I'm going to kind of toss it out there right now. Um, he just coached a quarterback that has uh, 4,500 yards, 47 touchdowns, passing, um, 51 total, and eight interceptions. That's pretty efficient in any level of football. Um, so, I mean, he's coached. He, I, I think he could be up there, but the reason I bring him up clearly he just announced that he's going to retire after the Rose Bowl. Um, what do you think about his retirement? They saying this might be health related. Do you think he said that this is his last time coaching? Do you believe that? I clearly don't because I just said something different. So what do you think? Uh, I don't think. I don't think this is his last time coaching. I do think it was necessary for him to step away from the Ohio State situation because that was a real messy situation. I don't get into detail on that. But I think he has a future in the NFL. And he probably won't be rushing to take a job initially because of all the controversy that's going on with him. But I, I can definitely see after a couple of years, you know, him deciding that it's time for him to, you know, take another job because like I said, all the man has done is win everywhere he went. All the way from college, but winning is winning. Right. You know, when, you, when, you're at, when you're at that type of level, you know, the man even won at Utah. You know, he played Utah to And Bowling Green. Yes, BCS Bowling Green, correct. At Utah, I believe he had Alex Smith that year. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, you know, 
went to Florida where he won two national championships, then to Ohio State where he won a national championship. I mean, yeah, man's resume speaks for itself. He was definitely a Chicago uh, Hall of Famer. He's been coaching here. Uh, I don't think he has anything to prove at the college level anymore, you know? So that next challenge for him, as far as coaching career, is in the NFL, and I think, like, after a couple of years passed and the whole situation being over, I think he'll be back in the mix. I definitely see him back in the NFL. Yeah. Uh, coaching somebody. I agree, bro. And honestly, I know we discussed this before, and I just thought about this, but and I'm kind of going back to the NFL a little bit, um, because I did say the Packers look like Jason Garrett gonna keep his job for another year, unfortunately. So once Jason Garrett get fired next year, then we can go ahead and get Urban Meyer. Uh, I think that'd be a good coach for us. Uh, <laughs> Try to, try to have a bright side, bro. Just try to have a bright side. Yeah, I'll try to have a bright side, bro. Um, but I think it's interesting that he retired. He didn't pull this type of stunt before, but they, but just to not to minimize what he actually is going through, uh, uh, sickness wise and his health wise is. They say he have a, a cyst on his brain, and um, so I think that. That's serious enough for him to be like, okay, I need to chill. They say he might have to have some type of surgery. Um, some cysts are dangerous, some aren't. His has bothered him, and it's on his brain. Uh, and that's a very unique spot. Um, so hopefully he's okay. I, I I hope if he does, if if he if that gets taken care of and that doesn't hinder him coaching again, I hope he does actually still coach because I think I think football needs Urban Meyer coaching when you got. Coaches like Nick Saban, who just seem to be unbeatable um, at times. Well, and that's actually a good segue because um, college football playoffs is set. Bama number one, Clemson number two, Notre Dame number three, Oklahoma number four. You got Bama against Oklahoma, Clemson versus Notre Dame. Um, and I think you have, uh, uh, is it, who is it? Is it uh, Ohio State? And Georgia is five and six. I'm not. I'm not 100 percent sure on that. Um, do you think that they got it right? Uh, listen. Until they until they expand it a little bit, we're never going to get it right. Because I remember when it was just the two teams and before the playoffs started, and number three and number four was complaining about you know being left out, and then they went to the four team playoffs. Now it's five and six being left out. And guess what? If you go to eight game playoffs, it'll be nine and two. Complaining about being left out. So what I've learned with that is that just whatever they decide on, that's just what it is. It's never going to be, you know, right uh, or wrong to everybody. We're never going to get a unanimous decision with this. It's going to always be somebody feeling like they're left out. And maybe I'm so passionate about it now because my team sucks. And maybe if my team was the one that was left out this year, then I'd be hooping, hooping, hollering, you know, complaining, whatever. But like I said, my team sucks. So who was your yeah. team? Yeah, we got it right. The USC fan. Oh yeah, okay, okay. Oh yeah, are you still salty about that whole uh, LSU? Uh... Can we? Uh, can you move on with the show? Okay, I I, I just okay. was asking. No, I, I I wasn't sure if I you were one of them fans. Uh, I appreciate it. Okay, got you. Uh. I personally think 
Like, I kind of agree with, like, you know, your Paul Feinbaums of the world, and I guess it's because I'm Southern, and I just think SEC is the NFL of college football. So I feel like it should just be four SEC teams basically every year, <laughs> maybe one extra team outside of SEC, Clemson or somebody, somebody who you might think can compete. But uh, I, I do think Georgia – I don't think that Georgia being left out is unfair. I do think they're the top, they a top four team, but – I don't think they should be in the playoff in a sense because they lost to LSU. And if they wouldn't have lost to LSU, I think they deserve to be in the playoffs because it would have been two undefeated teams in the SEC championship. And whoever won that game, one of them is the number one seed, the other one possibly number three seed, four seed, something like that. Cool. But, I mean, you kind of got to just be fair. I, I feel like, you know, you got to be fair. And I think Oklahoma, they only lost one game. They avenged the game that they lost. Um, Notre Dame, I never have any belief in Notre Dame, period. Um, that's just me. I, they don't even have a conference. They don't win a conference championship, nothing. So they, 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 you know, like Notre Dame is like their own entity and they do what they want. And it's like, since they have this great history, cause when they were showing, uh, Urban Meyer retiring, they were showing his win percentage, compared to like some other great people that went that had these win percent and it was like these guys from like the late 1800 early 1900 basically right when football started right and they were like dominant with Notre Dame right like they were dominant or whatever like 90 some percent went like they went seasons undefeated right and it's like I understand why Notre Dame got this name but I, I I, me personally, I just don't believe in Notre Dame. So I personally think, and it, I'm just going to go straight into my predictions from here. So I'm going to do my two and my three first. I think Clemson going to destroy Notre Dame just because I don't believe in Notre Dame. I don't even want to know nothing about Notre Dame. And I know they got a good team, but I don't want to know nothing about them. I think they're going to lose. <laughs> and I and I actually think the OKC, uh, Oklahoma and Bama game, clearly I think Bama going to win, but I think Oklahoma going to put up 50 on them. I think they're going to put up 50, but I think Bama just going to put up 70. <laughs> like, no, no, no. <laughs> I mean, we've seen a game that almost made it to 150 points this year. Don't forget, we did almost see that. But uh, I, I I just think I think, I think Bama going to blow them out, but I think I think Oklahoma going to put on an offensive performance. And we this is really going to be this right here. Nobody's saying this. This right here is Lincoln Riley's interview to be an NFL coach. This is it. This is interview. What will your offense do against an NFL style defense? So, but I think Bama wins it all. I mean, let's, we, I've been saying it all year. Bama gonna win it all. I'm, I still want to watch the yeah. games though. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's, no, I agree with those two winners. I think the Clemson and Notre Dame game is gonna be closer. What you think? But, and I think the Alabama. Uh, Championship, the two going down and giving her stepping up. 
him in the national championship game last year. Right. I just think that's a great story. I just think that's a great story. And, you know, but a little redemption for him. That's a third of the third story. And I think story, that's good then. for that kid. Yeah, I think that's good for the kid. I, I, I really do. He stuck it out. He didn't transfer. He couldn't transfer. He took the season out and probably started on play, you know, a significant amount of playing time next year at any other college. But he decided to stick it out and, and look how things came back around in the city. You know? So that's a great story. But I got Alabama. Yeah, me too. Um, yeah, I, I mean, there's nothing else to really say. There's nothing else to really say about that. Uh, I, I just I look forward to the games. Um, so that's that's more with me. I just look forward to watching the games. I really haven't watched Oklahoma play this season, so I really want to see. I want to see Kyler Murray, and I want to see what Lincoln Riley has. Kyler Murray been balling. Um, as we spoke about, we spoke about Haskins. You just briefly spoke about Tua. These are the three Heisman candidates. Um, just to spit off their stats, just so people uh, see how close of a race this actually is, because a casual fan think Tua just won it, personally. I, as a casual fan, I was like, oh, Tua got it, man, only threw one pick. He threw this many touchdowns, one pick, and man, bowling, blah, blah, blah. He played for Alabama, number one team, you know. He's just generally casual sports fan, boom. But I did my, I tried to do some research, you know. We 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 not necessarily the best at research because that's why we unqualified. But I did some research today and uh, Haskins, forty like I said earlier, forty seven touchdowns, eight picks, forty four thousand five hundred eighty yards, and he have uh, four rushing touchdowns. So he got fifty one touchdowns total. Uh, Kyler Murray, forty passing TDs, seven interceptions, four thousand fifty three yards. And 11 rushing touchdowns, which gives him the grand total of 51 total touchdowns. And he also has nine 900 yards rushing as a quarterback. And then Tua, who has 37 touchdowns passing, um, four interceptions. He's thrown 3,300 yards, 3,353 yards. And he has a total of 42 touchdowns. So he has four rushing touchdowns as well. Now, in my mind, like I said before, he was clear-cut favorite. But after reading these stats, I don't know. I, like, I didn't watch enough of Haskins and Murray to know who is actually the better player. So, um, looking at the stats, uh, looking at whatever, whatever your viewpoint is, what you think about this? What you think about the Heisman race? Um, I got to get my nerve back for this one. You know, when you see great stats like that, you got to go beyond the stats. To kind of get a, to kind of get a feel for who you really feel like has the, the best for you. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm gonna edge before I get into it. I'm gonna edge to a, just because of strength of schedule and a competition that two has played against. Okay. He's played. SEC is the toughest conference. We all know this. Um, the type of defense he's played against, and my only knock on Ohio State and Oklahoma is. We see quarterbacks in that system, in those systems, and in those conferences for those exact same teams that's put up big numbers like this. This it's almost the system is quarterback friendly. It's easier to put up put up these numbers. You're throwing the ball fifty and sixty times a game. You're pretty much spread out. You're in a shotgun all game, and it's designed for you to get the ball out quick and let your receivers make plays for you. Now. 
with that being said, I'm not taking anything away from these guys. These guys are phenomenal players because you still have to go out and execute what you're doing. But Tua, think about when the last time you seen an Alabama quarterback in the Alabama system, which is a run heavy system, put up the type of numbers that Tua has. You have it. Yes, is that? Like, you have it. So, there must be something special about this kid to go out there and put up those type of numbers in a run-first offense. Alabama has, for as long as we know them, has been a run-first run heavy team, run-first team, has multiple Heisman running backs. And, you know, like, what two is doing in that system, playing against that level of competition, is it's still amazing. So, I ask you. Now, my only counter-argument, it's not really a counter-argument, I just, I guess in my mind, I just have to, I can't just, because even though I kind of want to just go with what you say, not because it's you saying it, it's because it's so much truth. Uh, well, it's, it's only, it's really because it's so much truth. Like, uh, you, you can't deny what truth is. But the thing is, at the same time, Alabama is really just that much better than everybody else on in, in every in every aspect. So, if I compare offensive lines to another team offensive line, just generally, not 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 because I'm pretty sure they probably got an offensive line in college football that's probably would edge out Alabama, right? I mean, I mean if you probably broke it down, nobody follow offensive linemen like that well unless you're an offensive lineman or that's your job, right? So you automatically think Alabama got the best offensive line. They got the best defensive line. Only other defensive line you hear compared to Alabama is Clemson. They got the best linebackers. They got the best cornerbacks. They got the best receivers. They got the best running backs. They got the best. Now they got the best. Now that they didn't put quarterback there, they got the best of every position. It's like, okay, well, they got the best everything. That's why we think they they hands down favorite to win. Nobody going to beat them. So in a sense, it's like, who really is competition for Alabama? So that's why I'm like, competition, I get it. But really, Alabama ain't had no competition all year up until this last game against Georgia. But then Georgia lost to LSU. So it's like, huh? Like maybe Georgia just stepped up for that game. Maybe they play maybe Alabama played down to their competition. You know, like like we you know, we we come up with a whole bunch of crazy little off the wall stuff, right? But when I look at 51 total touchdowns. Now, there's two players. I didn't even know Haskins was this good. Just, when I had to look up who this guy was, I didn't know who he played for, let alone. Really? I didn't. I did not know who he played for. I hadn't heard his name. All you've been hearing is Tua. And really and truly, you hear Kyler Murray, but you hear Lincoln Riley more than you hear Kyler Murray. So, I'm like, damn. But, but those are two teams in the South, too. Not in the, in the SEC. I'm saying it's just south. Yeah, 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 yeah. Understood. Yeah. Understood. Right. Ohio State one of the biggest programs in the nation, though. Like, they they are, they are like, as far as popularity, uh, notoriety, they probably top maybe four, five. If not, they top two. You know what I'm saying? Like, Ohio State is, a, is the place for college. It's one of the, the places for college football. But I, I'm saying all I have to say, 51 touchdowns. Then you got one guy got 4,500 yards passing, right? And that sounds good. Mm-hmm. And then you go to the other guy who got 4,000 yards passing, but he got 900 rushing yards. 
and 11 rushing touchdowns. I, and then he like multi-sport athlete. I know this is a, this is a, a, a uh, one. This is not about necessarily about the team. It's about the player. And I try to judge it like that because I remember with the RG three Andrew Luck thing. And I just all all the whole time I'm like Andrew Luck got fire stats and he really balling. But man, you see RG three numbers like RG three putting up some numbers. And that's how I'm feeling about Murray right now. Like 51 touchdowns, seven interceptions. He got 700 more yards passing into um, exactly 700 more yards passing, 900 rushing yards, and 11 touchdowns. It's just hard for me to go against that. I I know Tua probably gonna win it, but man, Kyler Murray is he's small. He he he, he balling. You know, he just he balling, man. I just seen Baker Mayfield do the almost the exact same thing in that same system. That's what I'm saying, like, and, and I could do the same thing with Dwayne Athens as well. You know, like, I could go back to quarterback that was just literally in that system a year before or two years before, and they have similar numbers. That's my whole argument. Okay. Go back a year before tour, go back two years before tour, go back ten years before tour, and tell me another Alabama quarterback that has done what tour has. Now you, now, you tell me this. When has Alabama ever recruited a top quarterback? Other than Tua. I think they recruit uh, top quarterbacks. I'm going, I'm, I like, just don't remember. Like, when. think about when. it. Has when. Alabama, other than Tua, because Tua was the number one dual threat quarterback in the nation, right? But when he got recruited, he was the number one dual, dual threat quarterback. Alabama never really go for, like, the quarterbacks. Like, they'll get the number one receiver. They'll get the number one running back. To get the number one defensive players, either cornerback, D lineman, wherever, linebacker, wherever, because they they all over the field, uh, defensively. They they recruit really good defensively, and on the O line and stuff like that. I don't ever remember them having a number one style quarterback. Now, I'm not saying Kyler Murray or Dwayne yeah, Haskins are. I think they do. It's just their system don't allow those quarterbacks to. to the quarterbacks don't excel in that system. That's what I really think is because Jalen Hurts was. I'm looking it up now. I don't want you to think I just, I'm just disgracing on the top of my head. He was the number four dual threat quarterback in the country. Jalen Hurts. I think they recruit high, but that system takes takes the ball out of your head. Like I think that system doesn't really allow you to flourish as a quarterback and for Tua to find a way to flourish in that system, or even if the OC decided to change the system around Tua. It's even more of a testament to how great this kid is. Oh, I think he's great. That you got a program that's traditional, you know. But I understand, if you're looking at it statistically, though, yeah, those other guys got great kids to me. But if you're actually watching who they're playing against, you know, Alabama doesn't have weeks where they play a string of four or five teams whose defense is ranked 98 in college football and, and things like Alabama doesn't have that. That's true. They have to go out and really grind it out against kids that's really good football team. Alabama. Yeah, and it, 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 but like I said, man, it, I mean, 
can go either way. Like that's that's the race gonna be close, especially with the way Tua played in that SEC championship. We didn't play well and then he got in game, you know, and Hurts came through the day, but Right. I think it's an interesting race though. So so who you got? I I I don't want to go. I just feel like going against Tua is like being like I'm like I just feel like I'm gonna be wrong if I say somebody outside of Tua. But I I, I honestly like, yeah, don't. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> it's like but I, I I really think I really think uh, Kyler Murray. I I think I think with the like I I feel like when you put up them type of numbers, it's just. Like, because I, I felt like the same thing. I felt like when Andrew Luck, Stanford played a tougher schedule than Baylor. But, man, this man, uh, RG3, that, that that's the one thing that popped in my mind when I think, it's, like, statistically. Because both of them had great years, but he just edged them out. You know, he just edged them out a little bit with the numbers. He was just more efficient. He threw for more yards. He ran for more yards. He had more rushing touchdowns. You know, and it was like, okay, well, that's clear. And then... This a this this you know, that's a uh what nine touchdowns? That's a that's a pretty much that's a that's a lot of difference in touchdowns total touchdown. I just think that and then he got him by seven hundred yards passing. I don't know how many yards rushing he got him by, but I mean he just he he outstated him. And I mean I know he in a system. Two or three, four less picks, you know? Two or three, four less picks. That's true, but he also threw seven hundred yards. Yeah. And he probably didn't throw the ball as much. I mean, you know, we can go, we could do this all day. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I I kind of I kind of I, I you know what? I kind of want to see um Kyler Murray win just so when they play Alabama, my seventy to fifty <laughs> thing is right. Cause then two are gonna feel like I'm gonna put up seventy on them. Yo, you outscore me by nine touchdowns. I'm gonna throw nine touchdowns. You know what I'm saying? Like, that type of stuff, you know? Uh, but to kind of switch gears a little bit, uh, we're going to go to the NBA now because uh, we've been talking about football the, the whole first half of the uh, podcast. So we're going to switch gears a little bit, go to the NBA. And the Raptors, I know uh, early on we kind of talked a lot about the Celtics being the best team in the East. Uh, and the Raptors just beat a Steph curry list Warriors in a very close game where KD put up 51. Uh, it was a really good game. It was actually on at the same time as the Cowboys game. Um, so I was trying to watch both of them at the same time because it was just that good. Uh, but the Raptors, Will, do you think now that we've been through the first 20 or so games of the season, do you think the Raptors will represent the East now? Do you think they have taken over that number one spot? Um, I think they've taken over the number one spot. For now, I think they're playing the best basketball out of all the teams that have been in the Eastern Conference. It, it was the Bucks early on, but now the Bucks is kind of coming down to reality, and the Raptors have not to go over. But I do think the Celtics still is the best team. I just think they haven't put it together yet. I do think they will. By the time playoff time rolls around, I think they'll, they'll be the best team in the East, and it will eventually represent the East against Golden State, because you, you predicted the Celtics to win the finals, right, this year, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, so, um, yeah, I think they'll get there. I do think they'll be there, because I just don't believe in uh, the Raptors, uh, like like we spoke about earlier, Kyle Lowry and Kawhi Leonard not really being on the same page, you know, and I do think they're going to have to be 
in order for this team to make a serious run and get to the NBA Finals, which I don't think will matter anyway, but I, I, I see Golden State beating them in about five if they do make it. Well, but, I don't think necessarily that uh, Kawhi and Lowry have an issue with each other. It was more Lowry and uh, Masai who, who Ujiri, I don't know. I think I'm saying his name wrong. But the the GM, the the the, the, the uh, president of operation, basketball operation, uh, the one that that told uh, that told uh, Demar Derozan, oh, we ain't gonna trade you, and then we didn't trade him. Right? Uh, you don't like him, so I think that's an interesting aspect. Um, will it affect Kyle Lowry's play? Danny Green doesn't seem to think so, and actually. Uh, in that interview, speaking of Kyle Lowry, while we talking about it, uh, Kyle Lowry said, which is weird, I think it's personally weird, he said that Kawhi Leonard is actually a normal guy. He laughs and jokes just like any other normal guy. One, I don't know if I want to hear him laugh all the time, because I feel like after a while it's going to get annoying. Number two, what he said other than pass, pick left, Cut. Like, what he's saying? I, I, what's the conversation? I'm just trying to figure out, other than basketball terms throughout the game, what he talk about? I, I, anyway, that's neither here nor there. Kawhi, I think that, honestly, I, when I did watch him the other night, um, I think they match up well against the Warriors. Um, like Pascal Siakam, I think he's a unique aspect. He's kind of like an X-Factor player. For their team, he's not gonna stir the cup, but he could disrupt some things on the other side. He, you know, he's lengthy, he's streaky at times. He can defend. Uh, he can he can actually score. Um, and I think he can. I think that's a that's another body to throw at like a Durant. And really, even I don't think you throw nobody at Steph. I, I don't know who you because I don't know who you throw at Steph. But I don't. I, I think I heard uh well I'm gonna get into that. I ain't gonna get into that right now. But I, I don't know if they, I, I don't think they're gonna I still don't think they're gonna beat the Celtics. I think I think coaching play a way bigger role in the playoffs than it does in the regular season. And this coach, we didn't see teams just like uh when Atlanta had what four all stars, number one team in the East and got swept. Not nah. Now, don't get me wrong, Kawhi Leonard is a whole nother animal compared to anybody that was on that team. But I agree. I think they'll be more competitive with the Celtics. I, I do see them and the Celtics being in the Eastern Conference Finals, on, you know, barring any, any, any injury or anything. But I do see the Celtics beating them to go to the finals. Um, but I think the Raptors are showing people that they are a really good team and they are on the come up. Maybe Kawhi stays there. Maybe he doesn't. They, you know, Danny Green say he like it there. I don't know if Danny Green just trying to talk him to stand there because Danny Green don't want to move no more. I don't know, but um, it seeming like they like him there. But my next question is: Do you think that if the Raptors are uh, are to make it to the finals, do you think they're a threat to the Warriors? Not at all. Not one bit. I don't think, I don't think anybody, a healthy Warriors team, barring if DeMarcus Cousins come back and he's even after his show, no. No. I mean, we can talk about it to make it interesting just so we have something to discuss. All this basketball team, I'm letting you know this now. Sports team, 
songs and how you playing. All this is entertaining to do for now. Increased storylines, even the Draymond Green KD thing, all that is good. But if the Warriors are healthy, nobody is going to beat Golden State. Nobody will even take Golden State to. I don't even think nobody take Golden State to take games. I don't. This my question. Okay. Because uh, we, we got to say this a lot just to make it seem like we got sense, right? Barring injury, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. It's really hard to not suffer an injury in four years of a massive injury on on a superstar level team like that. Do you think that time will finally happen to them? Because, like, every other team that have championship potential suffer major injury at some point in the season to cause them not to win a championship. Golden State, like, the only team that don't suffer, like, big injuries to their players to where they have to miss in the finals or the conference, really, like, the conference final. Like, they don't have those type of injuries. Do you think this will be a season where it's more likely for that to happen? No, because they're, they're aware of that. And if you notice, they, they don't overplay their guys in all big minutes. They're really good at resting guys. They know, like, like Steph Curry did in the last playoff. Yeah, the the in the last playoff. Yeah, so, like, that's, if you're going to get, if they're, they're going to suffer a major injury, I think, well, if it's not, if it's not something freak accident. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, I don't, I don't uh, wish none of that on any of those players, actually. Yeah. But as far as, like, wear and tear injuries, no, I don't think so because they're really good at that. If you notice that Spurs team, when Spurs was dominant, they didn't suffer major injuries because Popovich was real great at managing guys' minutes and knowing when to rest guys because injuries typically come due to fatigue. Fatigue is, is what leads to these types of injuries. Yeah, and and, and you have to manage guys' minutes and workloads and things like that. And I know there's an issue with a certain player right now a lot of people are discussing his workload, you know. But as long as you're managing guys uh, minutes well, then I think you prevent a lot of those injuries that would typically happen. But but you're right. Golden State has had a lot of luck, you know, without suffering a major injury. And as long as they've been on this run, as far as causing the missed time in the Western Conference Finals or in the NBA Finals. And also to piggyback on what you said, I think it's a testament to the style of play that they have. Because they're not physical. Mm-hmm. And I think physicality yeah. causes injuries as well. And since they are they are this great finesse team, in a sense of, they're, they're especially on the offensive side of the ball, they're so great at that. And shooting a three, I think, actually, that helps prevent injury. Because when you shoot a three, it's not a lot of contact. You you have a, 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 a jump. When you jump, you nine out of ten, you're going to land right. You're not you're not gonna land bad or gonna fall unless you get fouled and it's not it's not gonna be the same foul you'll get when you're going for a layup in a clutch moment. You know what I'm saying? Like it's different. So I think that I I don't think people think about it like that, and maybe some people do, maybe some people don't, but I think that's actually one of the reasons too why they don't get injured that much. You know, Steph Curry get an ankle here and there, you know, little stuff like that. They're not getting really injured. And I, then too, like I think I think people pay attention to this particular player that you're talking about, LeBron James. I, I, I don't know why you avoided his name just now, but uh, LeBron James, he have this excellent uh, way of not being injured, uh, knock on this basket in his closet. Um, so 
he has this excellent way of doing that, and it's because of how he conditions himself, how he how he preps himself, how he makes sure he stretches before and after games. Uh, even Ray Allen, even Ray Allen had to say, um, if I had to do something different, one thing that I would have taken from LeBron James that he did, even right after games, he stretched. He made sure he took care of his body immediately after the game and this, that, and other. And that's how that's why he's in such good condition, stuff like that. And I think people pay attention to that type of stuff. And they're like, okay, if I want to keep playing, it's obviously possible. LeBron is doing it. So um, even though he's a freak of nature, that don't mean I can't take any of what he does and add it to what I'm doing. So uh, I think there's a lot of things add to that. But um, st to stick with the Warriors, KD, um, Everybody kind of speculating about his next destination. So, I'm going to let you speak on it first. Go ahead. What you think? What, where you think he going to go? You think he going to stay and go to stay still? Or you think he going to move? Or what you think? Man, can you keep throwing curveballs at me? I ain't going to lie. My big bold prediction was he was going to go to L.A. But now that this report came out, uh, what was that this morning? Or was it yesterday? Yes. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. he said it. Playing with LeBron, you know, you can understand why a lot of people, stars, don't want to go there because the environment is, quote-unquote, toxic. So, now, I'll, that's all. I don't think he's coming that late anymore. Uh, the Knicks are trying to acquire John Wall. I think if they do take John Wall, that eliminates them from the sweepstakes because John Wall... Um, for the next four years, we'll be making over $40 million a season. So, taking on that big contract, with us, they wouldn't be able to max KD out if they did do that. So, I, I don't know about the Knicks. Um, I'm going to go bold. I'm going to go Brooklyn. I think KD's going to go to Brooklyn. I think he'll get somebody else to come over there. I don't know who. Maybe Kyrie Irving. Maybe... Jimmy Butler, maybe Kawhi Leonard, I don't know, but I think KD goes to Brooklyn. That way he'll still be in New York um, on a big market. He'll be able to get the max money he wants, and he'll be able to play with a superstar probably of his choice. Yeah, and then too, to, to go with the Brooklyn thing, don't forget he is signed with Rock Nation as far as his uh, uh, mm -hmm. agency. I didn't even think about and, that. Uh, Jay-Z was part owner of Brooklyn at one time, so he have connections there. So it wouldn't be preposterous for that to happen. And then, you know, they had rumors about that Kyrie wanted to maybe possibly go to Brooklyn. Kyrie would like to stay in Boston if they want him there, as he said. So um, that's an interesting dynamic. This whole John Wall thing, the Knicks out completely. If John Wall go to the Knicks... KD yeah. ain't going to the Knicks, period. Uh, KD just said it's toxic to play with LeBron. You don't think it's toxic to play with John? Nobody on the team with John Wall like him seems like. Nobody. So, I could, at least at least the people that played with LeBron speak highly of him. Bradley Bill like, man, y'all see this shit I've been, put, been going through for the last seven years? <laughs> like, Bradley Bill sound like he in a horrible marriage. That's what Bradley Bill sound like. He ready to get divorced. Can't wait to sign these damn papers. Bradley Bill, Bradley Bill, like uh, Bradley Bill should be Bradley Ideal. Hence the group. Oh no, was it Profile? No, it was Profile that made that. Uh, he want the house, the cars, the keys, and the dog. He want it all. He just don't want to be with John Wall. That's all it is. So, um, 
I don't see that happening. Um, I don't know. I, and honestly, before you said that John Wall thing, I was like, he going to the Knicks. And like, nah, I don't know. But I I, I kind of think the Brooklyn thing could happen. Um, as far as the toxic thing playing with LeBron, I didn't want them to play together anyway. Like, after KD pulled a move to go to the Warriors, I feel like he's always supposed to go against LeBron after that. Like, he, after that, he can't never partner up with LeBron, and it seemed right. Because he's just going to be like, man, that's just unfair. Or, it's, you know, like, he's supposed to go up against yeah. them. Uh, They're supposed to go against each other. Uh, so, uh, I don't know where he's going to go. I, I, it's hard for me to even speculate right now because, shit, I, I don't know, bro. I just don't know. This is a tough thing. People, people are taking so many options away, like, with the things they're doing. But what if it's a show of hand, like what if it's like the sleight of hand trick? Like haha, it's real toxic to play with LeBron. <laughs> haha, I'm a Laker. Like what if that what if he did that? Like like you know, hey, like bro. smoke and mirrors type thing, like Hey bro, you might be right. Like you might be right. Like LeBron, LeBron will keep pulling. I'm not with you. I'm going to make this quick as possible. LeBron will keep pulling the slight of hand trick last year. I think he's been talking about. Um, yeah, man, trade up Jordan Clarkson and Larry Nance. Free up fifty million dollars for the Lakers. We give you Isaiah Thomas and a first round pick. Wow. And then next thing you know, he's in LA. Hey. <laughs> with the money they freed up. Hey. That's crazy. I ain't never thought about that. That is interesting. I never yeah, thought about that. Yeah, bro. Yeah, bro. Wow. Wow. Well, one team we didn't say he was going to go to was uh Philly. And uh, speaking of them, I'm going to try to get this right. We got Markel Fox. Oh, he went to a specialist to see about his shoulder. And he has... Thor who? Lord. Thoracic, thoracic, thoracic outlet syndrome. I, I'm clearly probably saying that completely wrong, uh, but I think you did. I think you did well. You did better than I expected. I went to clown your body. He got that. He got that Thor syndrome in his shoulder, right? He got that Thor syndrome. He got that. <laughs> he holding that hammer too long. <laughs> he was swinging a hammer too much. He got that. He got, I ain't trying to make fun of that man like that, but because I, I can't say the word, it's got throw in it. But uh, they say he's gonna need three to six weeks of shoulder rehab. Um, how important is this in the whole grand scheme of things to you? Like as far as the the Sixers go.
Markel Fultz was supposed to be that guy. That guy that finally put you over the hump and plus Jimmy Butler, did get ready. You guys should be going or contending to go to the NBA Finals. That's what he was supposed to be with Markel Fultz. Right. Which should have been Jason Tatum, but that's a whole other element to that process. Lonzo ain't got the Thor syndrome. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, Lonzo oh, on the flow, man. like you say. So, uh, now, uh, clearly, if you listen to this show, anybody listen to this show know I'm a, I'm a, like a huge first take, Stephen A fan, um, Max Kellerman. You know, I, I just like that show. I I like you know Skip Bayless. Yeah, it's a good show. I I like the bait shows or whatever. Um, but um, Stephen A has a lot of connections with Philadelphia, and he worked twenty plus years there, covered from uh, Temple University up to Eagles, Seventy Sixers, all them, all these different sports teams and stuff like that. So. When he say certain stuff about certain places, you kind of know. Plus, he's Stephen A. He just got inside scoop more than most people, right? So, he said something today, um, just to touch on it. We don't have to really go into too much detail. But he said something today that Markel Fultz actually has a lot of personal issues that he has to iron out. And he sounds very concerned about him. So, I want to say... I don't know exactly what Markel Fultz going to going through. I don't want to assume anything, but the the concern in Stephen A. Voice made me believe that it's something very serious that he's going through, and whatever it is he's going through on a personal level, I hope he overcomes that, and I hope everything works out for him. Because at the end of the day, I would hate for this man to end have his career ended due to whatever he got going on. So hopefully, I do wish the best for him. Um, hopefully he can get this Thor syndrome together, and I'm only saying that I ain't been trying to be funny now, I'm just saying because I don't know how to say it, the Thor syndrome, I hope he get it together so he can play, man, so we can see what his, you know, what the potential was of this of this dude, man, because I, I don't think he he's going to end up being a bad player, um, something, something, something that we don't discuss much, and one of my partners got on me about it. Um, before we get back into the NFL uh, and the playoffs and, and another little thing that kind of popped up on our radar today, uh, boxing, they had a huge fight this weekend. We had uh, Tyson Fury versus uh, Deontay Wilder. It ended in a draw. Um, Wilder did, despite Wilder knocking him down twice, once, in, once I think in the eighth round, the other in the twelfth round, which Wilder even said, which I've heard multiple people say, but even Wilder say, man, I'm surprised he got up after that one, which... I was surprised because I actually seen that punch, and I'm surprised he got up after that. But, um, you know, people say Fury outboxed him, which that's the epic battle of the boxer versus the puncher. And uh, it ended up going in the draw. So uh, uh, did you get a chance to watch the fight? Uh, no. I've seen, I seen some highlights yeah, from it. Too. I actually seen a couple of rounds from it, but it, it was um, – that second knock, knock down, man, I don't know how Fury got up from that. You know, I guess with a name like Fury, you know, anything is possible. But 
he definitely took a hell of a punch from Wilder. But there was, there was a lot of people saying that, that the counter was real slow, too. And I actually saw a video with, with, a, with a counter and, um, that was going simultaneously as Jeremy was getting up from the knockout. And the counter was at, I believe, 12 seconds. I got to see that video, too. The counter was actually at, like, 12 seconds before Fury really got up. So I don't know if that was a, a big part of the controversy that was going on. Yeah, like, I don't know. You know, he still had a knee on the ground at the time in his tent, and he didn't actually get both feet up until it was 12, 12 seconds. So, but I do think it was an entertaining fight from what everybody said. There was a lot of people talking about it. It was Brian James. Uh, I saw Damian Lillard, TJ McCullough, a lot of people were tweeting about it, and everybody was tuned in. And it seems like a hell of a fight, and it's setting up for, you know, another Fury and Wilder fight, of course, with boxing love to do. Right, and then you got, like, Anthony Joshua, who's, like, the number one heavyweight mm -hmm. uh, person, and Wilder trying to get his belt and stuff like that. So I, I, think, it, I think it is creating a good buzz. Um... Then Fury kind of battle-tested. I, I didn't know that about the count thing, but Fury is kind of battle-tested. I mean, he went from boxing to having this severe drug and alcohol addiction, gaining a lot of weight, shaking back to actually fight um, after going through all that. I mean, he clearly he's battle-tested just through life. So, um, life, yeah. yeah, so that punch was basically everything he had went through in a punch, but just in the ring. And he shook back from the punch just like he shook back in his life. I thought that was, I think that's a, a kind of crazy little uh, irony like to 30 that. 30, huh? 30 for 30, yeah. Like 30 for 30, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so. Go get paid uh, off that. Go get paid off that, man. <laughs> but, uh, but I think, uh, I think you know, I, I, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad it is something that we discuss. I'm glad it's something that other people discuss. I know we kind of talked about this in the, uh, in the pre thing too, uh, with Lomachenko versus uh, Pedreza, I think is how you pronounce his name. It's actually gonna be on ESPN now. Lomachenko is uh, he's fought in different weight classes, more of a like a light, lightweight, featherweight that type of class. Uh, but he's one of the top um, boxers in the world right now. Um, and he's actually going to be fighting on ESPN. So I just kind of wanted to put that out there. One of my partners, he always told me that Mayweather scared of Lomachenko and that's, he'll never fight him. He Ukrainian. I actually saw, saw some highlight. Well, not highlight. They actually ESPN add one of his old fights and, uh, he was punishing the little dude so bad. Uh, the dude just quit. Say his wrist was hurting. Uh, he couldn't fight no more cause his hand. Uh, so he clearly good and he got real good footwork. They talk about all that. Pedraza, yeah, I think it's, yeah, that's who we fighting. Uh, I want to say this weekend. Uh, so, uh, boxing, boxing, it seems like uh, it's it's on an uptick. Uh, do you think boxing is really on a, on its way back? Because even though Mayweather been keeping it somewhat relevant, it's is that was more of a Mayweather show than a boxing show. So, do you think boxing and, and as the sport itself is is on a up on an uptick on a rise? Um, I, I think boxing typically goes wherever the heavyweight class takes them. Because there's always good, you know, bantamweight, welterweight, lightweight fighters. Like, there's, there's always those types of box, boxing matches that's exciting. But it seems like like how the Wilder Fury fight was. As long as there's good heavyweight, then boxing seems to flourish. Like Anthony Joshua, like you said earlier. I think boxing goes where the heavyweight division takes them. And 
right now it seems like the heavyweights having a resurgence and it's starting to come back strong, which is why you're seeing boxing as a sport as a whole start to gain more momentum and start to look like, you know, the sport we know, the sport we love, and which hasn't looked like itself lately. I agree. I, I think this whole Fury, the Wilder draw, really is gonna create some some buzz. Um, I think the whole like I, like you uh, like you said I said and blah, 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 the Anthony Joshua thing. I think that creates a lot of buzz. I, I think it's really good uh, for the sport. And then like movies like Creed and Creed Two and stuff like like that. Uh-huh. That helps the sport a lot. You know what I'm saying? So um, which is actually a good movie if y'all haven't seen it. It's a pretty good movie. I, I, you know, I recommend you know anybody go watch it. It's a really good movie. Um, but to touch on just to touch just to kind of small tap on a little on, on a couple of things that happened. Uh, NFL with NFL people. Kelvin Benjamin got cut. You think he gonna get picked up by anybody before the uh, year out? Um, no, because I believe he has an eight and a half million. If he plays off waivers, he's owed his eight and a half million. I do believe if he doesn't get claimed off of waivers, they're, they're able to negotiate another contract with him that could play from somewhere around the minimum. I don't think anybody wants Kelvin Benjamin for that type of money. Unless you're a budding team that feels like you're right there on a Super Bowl contending or playoff contending team and you feel like a guy like that gets you over, gets you over the hump, but I don't think so. Just to say it, because they've been having issues, don't be surprised oh, if the Saints pick him up. <laughs> don't be surprised. Saints. Reach out to everybody. Dan Bryant, Brandon Marshall. Uh, me, I wouldn't be surprised if they signed Kelvin Benjamin. I wouldn't be surprised if the Saints pick him up. Uh, now, this story, speaking of Saints, this story right here is, and we ain't got to talk too much about it, but I just think it's. Re- oh, God. Oh, my God. <laughs> I just uh, thought about where you're going. Brandon Bronner is facing eight years for attempted murder, robbery, and kidnapping. Now, supposedly he went back like something like into his into his old lady, I guess ex-old now, uh, into a house, threatened to kill her. She tried to leave. He he held her in the house. Hmm. Held. Huh. Brandon Bronner. Huh. Anyway, and and. He stole a twenty thousand dollar Rolex. Never, um, never gonna get um, I'm am speaking on Brandon Browner as a football player I'm, and I'm as a player. I don't. I th- I'm pretty sure we've said worse on this show <laughs> than what I just said about Brandon Brown. But it's okay. Uh, what you think about this out the blue news, bro? Well, you know, she was trying to she was trying to pass her out, and he interfered with that. Oh god, nah, that was cute. But nah, man, I mean, Brandon Brown, I don't know, I don't know what's going on with that guy. Uh, I didn't know he had issues like this off the field. I knew he was a was a headache to deal with on the field. And, a lot of coaches complained about him, you know, in the locker room, and a couple of teammates complained about him in the locker room. I had no idea his life was in shambles like this off the field. But um, I heard he was facing a lot, a, a couple more charges along with that, but that was the only one he was actually, you know, booked on. So, you know, hopefully he's 
exactly what I was about to say. I know we made some jokes about Brandon Browner and the, the crimes that he just committed or potentially committed or whatever whatever that situation is, right? Uh, we're not trying to be insensitive to the victim. He was wrong for that. We just tying uh, his actions to where he played on the field. It's just jokes. I just want to be clear about that because we definitely think that he's wrong uh, for doing any of this, especially to to anybody in particular, but to, to a woman. Is this is like we said earlier, like I tried to point out earlier, these type of things happen too often, and it's it's almost numbing at times because it's like damn, like why it's like oh well that this is that you know so you know we hope the woman is okay, we hope her family is okay and everything goes fine with her and that she gets the uh, the justice that she deserves for whatever took place. Um, speaking of justice though. Um, and we can be brief about this as well because nothing actually happened. It's just speculation and speak and he say, she say. Uh, the Redskins said that they were willing to take on, interested or potentially going to take on uh, working out Kaepernick or signing Kaepernick. Um, I personally think it's damage control because of the Reuben Foster thing. That's me. I think it's like, oh, you made a mistake with Reuben Foster, so let's say we would have signed Kaepernick since we lost both our quarterbacks. That's what I think. Uh, really, what you think about really it? Damage, if they really wanted to do damage control, they should have signed him. I mean, they're not going anywhere anyway. They could have signed him and, and, and had him, what, four, four games remaining on the schedule? Yeah, four. And, and could have just played out those three or four games and been looked at in a whole different light. They was really trying to reshape their image after um, claiming Ruben Foster off waivers. But, you know, of course, they went with the famous, oh, we thought about it, we talked it over, but we decided not to. Like, about four other teams, five other teams that came out and said they've done uh, fake news, in my opinion. I, agree. I didn't even bother to click the article. I saw the headline and didn't even bother to read it. You don't even get a a, a, a red off of me. Nah. Like I said, I think it's damage control. I think it's just like you say, a publicity thing. Uh, let's 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 try to look better. Uh, my thing is though, let's just be honest. Donald Trump, the president. You talking about a team that's in Washington D.C. and Donald Trump clearly doesn't like anything that Colin Kaepernick has done, right? You mean to tell me? If you written now, if you really want to make that type of statement, you sign Kaepernick in Washington D.C. as your as your start quarterback. You really right. making a statement. You ain't gonna make. You not gonna make this. Donald Trump not gonna allow you to make that. Dang, uh, what is what is uh, what's the uh, the owner name? Daniel Snyder or something like that. I'm pretty sure he cool with. I'm pretty sure he cool with Donald Trump. I'm uh, I'm pretty sure he probably up there with him. You know they they probably partners. He ain't signing no no Kaepernick so. Like, I agree with you. Fake news, bro. Uh, and really, um, they actually in the hunt for the for the playoffs. So if they have won three of their last four games, they probably could have made like a wild card or something. Um, but to get into the playoffs, because that's clearly not too much to talk about with that. Um, 
NFL playoffs, AFC, NFC. Uh, I'm going to just shoot off the names real quick of the six teams that's in it um, on both sides. And I'm going to shoot off who's in the hunt as well. So AFC, you got the, and this in order, Chiefs, Patriots, Texans, Steelers, Chargers, Ravens. As far as in the hunt in the AFC, you got the Broncos, the Dolphins, the Colts, the Titans, the Bengals. So before I get into the NFC, what you think about the AFC? You think it's gonna st remain the same? You think you think any changes gonna happen? Anybody that's in the hunt gonna make a wild card? What you think? How you think it's gonna play out in the AFC? Uh, uh, AFC West, I got the Chiefs, and AFC East, I got New England. AFC South, I got the Texans. AFC North, Pittsburgh. That's not the division of winners. They're not. That's not gonna change. There's a lot. Um, my two lock on spots, I'm probably gonna edge well of course I'm gonna edge Indianapolis. I mean what are we kidding ourselves? We're gonna go the coach for one of those uh wild card spots. And the other wild card spot, I mean Baltimore has a one game lead right now, but I just don't trust him because um uh I'm not told on the ball exactly yet. And they got the Chiefs this week. And they got the Chiefs this week, so they'll be back even with everybody else. Um, I'm going to go Denver. I'm going to go Denver, man. Denver is a Real good football down the stretch. Uh, I think they're really starting to find their foot. I don't trust that quarterback either. But with this lazy guy and running back, man, he's a real deal. He has been playing phenomenal football. I don't know if anybody noticed it. He has the third highest yard per carry average in the last 40 years. I think only behind, I think maybe uh, Barry Sanders one year and Somebody else, Elvin Kamara scored actually for what he did his rookie year. But yeah, this is playing phenomenal. I think if they lean on him and that defense continues to play well, Von Miller and Bradley Chubb. Bradley Chubb is actually only a couple sacks off the single season rookie record. I think he's four sacks behind it. Um, they're they're going to they have really formula. Running football play great defense, and that's what works. That's what works in the NFL, especially in December. Some cold weather games outside, sloppy field, snow, rain, whatever condition. Running the ball and defense travel. I agree. Uh, I agree with that. That uh, last point you made. Uh, I don't know. If the Steelers and the – I don't know about the Steelers and the Ravens. I think both of them make the playoffs. I just don't know who in the division. Even though I think the Ravens going to lose this week, you never know. Like Just like we thought the Cowboys were going to lose last week. You, like, their defense is solid. You know what I'm saying? So, not saying that they're going to beat the Chiefs. I don't see them beating the Chiefs. But I ain't see the Cowboys beating the Saints either. Uh, so, I don't put nothing past anybody, really. Not, especially at the end of the year. When it's playoff implications on the line, crazy things happen. So, um, I see the Steelers and the Ravens making the playoffs. And I see the Chargers making it. Um, unfortunately, all these teams in the hunt, they division like like you say the Colts. I'm not I'm not poo pooing on the Colts, but y'all y'all play mm -hmm. div y'all divisional games are rough. Like y'all they rough. Texas this Sunday. Y'all got the Texas Texas Sunday? Yeah. I mean eight game straight, nine games straight. Nine games straight. The Texans they on a whole nother level. Uh even uh DeAndre Hopkins just got just got the lady to basically say on the interview, uh that he the best receiver in the league. Um, which he up there. He clearly up there. I, he a dog, as Deion Sanders would say. Um, I just It's hard for me to see. And the Broncos been kind of surging. They've been quietly good. Like you say, I didn't even know the Dolphins was in the picture. Bengals, 
they out. Uh, they just picked up one of the worst coaches ever to be a uh, somebody to, to, to help them. And I don't know how you do that. So disregard everything I said about Denver. I forgot about the Chargers. Denver will Yeah, yeah, the, the, the Chargers. Yeah, so I'm like, and I, I, and I, I'm pretty sure somebody wouldn't necessarily like that that you counted them out before you thought about it. I, I know. Uh, I was actually just texting them. I was actually just texting them. I got some meat on them too. I can't break them. We'll talk, I'll tell you about it after the show. Okay, perfect, perfect. But uh I, I, I see it. I see the I see the ASC playoff pitchers staying exactly the same. That's what I think. I think only thing I see maybe changing is the Ravens might win because the Steelers, bro, like no offense to the Chargers. The Steelers wasn't supposed to lose that game. The Steelers lost that game more than the Chargers won. The Chargers had some lucky plays, bro. Like that 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 one of them touchdowns that Keenan Allen caught off a tip pass. Well, Hayden got yeah. knocked out by his, his own player. Like, he ran into the, the safety, yeah. Yeah, so, um, and he had that. That was a pick. That was a pick. And and then they go Keenan Allen right there in the in the, in the midst of things. Um, then, I, and then, too, and they did that without Melvin Gordon. Whew. Hopefully Melvin Gordon come back. Yeah. Uh, and I'll speak on why he needs to come back in the next thing. But, um, <laughs> but either way. I think I don't think too much change because I don't know if the Colts gonna be able. Y'all probably got a lot. Do you, what's the rest of y'all schedule? Uh, it's not bad actually. I think it's the Texans. The Texans is the only team over five hundred that we that we have nothing up to. Do y'all have to play Jacksonville again? No, we played. We Jacksonville. We lost to them Sunday. Oh, that game really. That was a horrible yeah. game. I ain't watching, but I'm pretty. Ah, uh, that six to nothing. Really? Like crazy. But the NFC is very interesting. Okay, so you got the art. Then this stuff. This the this is the order of everything. Rams uh one, Saints two, Bass three, Cowboys four, uh Seahawks wild card, Vikings wild card. Then in the hunt you got Panthers, Eagles, Redskins, Bucks. Um, what you think about that? How you think that's gonna play out? What's your what's your prediction? Um, NFC East because uh, I can't believe it. 
just a lack of talent in the air. In the That's true. You know what? What the hell with that? I'm going with the Eagles. I got the Eagles in the NFC. Oh, my God. This dude uh, hit you. I, I got the Eagles. <laughs> I have the Eagles. I bet you do. <laughs> you don't believe that yourself. We're in the NFC Should have did I the NFC right first, and you would have been truthful. And not, not, not that I, 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 I poo pooed the cause, all of a sudden, now he would have lied. They played the Bucks once. Uh, no, they just played. No, they just played the Bucks. I can't remember. Anyway, uh, the Saints got that. Division. The Bucks, this Sunday. The Saints the, played the Bucks. This, this Sunday. That's what it is. Now, the one that's interesting to me is the North, and that's the bad. The Bears and the Vikings are kind of like competing for the number one spot right there. You just said the Bass playing the Rams. Um, the Vikings, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know who's going to win. I, I personally think the Bass are the better team. Um, not necessarily on paper. I think the Vikings better team on paper. Bass the better team playing. Um, yeah, I think they're just playing better than them. So, I don't know. I think the Cowboys going to win this division. The Eagles just beat the Redskins who had Mark Sanchez, who's infamous for the butt fumble. And they actually were close in that game up until the third quarter. And then they finally pulled ahead. And, like, the Redskins, and look, this is one of those, like, this is going to really be a backhanded compliment, but I don't mean no disrespect. And somebody else said it on TV. Somebody, no, I don't. I don't mean no disrespect, but it made me, this really was, I thought was a great point. I forgot who said it today. Adrian Peterson had a 90-yard touchdown run and finished the game with less than 100 yards. That goes to show you how garbage the Redskins' run game is. Period. He had eight more carries for eight yards. After that, 90-yard touchdown. So, the Eagles, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's that's just not impr- that's not a, that's not a testament to the Eagles. That's a testament to me, to the Redskins. Because that's just what the Redskins do. 
Huh? The win is a win, man. What? Okay, the win is a win. Take them how you can get them, however they come. Hey, I, I understand that. So I, I understand that. But the, the Eagles, the Eagles got more issues than what it seemed like. They ain't beat nobody in the last couple of weeks. And un, unless the, the unless the Cowboys coming off this supreme hive after beating the Saints and they just lose because they just on like a hangover after the Saints, that's the only way I see the Eagles we winning. The huh? We got, the we got the Eagles. Um, yeah, we play the Eagles this week. Um, I think I think we win that game, but then you got like the Seahawks. I honestly don't think nobody in the hunt making the playoffs. The Panthers, the Eagles, the Redskins, but so I think the same, same thing stay the same. I'm just like, as a Cowboy fan, I don't want to play the Bears or the Seahawks. So I hope we play the Vikings in the playoffs because. I think we just got a familiarity with Kirk Cousins. I think that's an advantage to us. Um, but I don't know if we're going to even make it out the first round. I'm going to be completely honest. I don't know, I mean, man. It's going to be tough sledding, bro. I'm going to make it to the first round. Because even if even if we – even if – we're going to make it to the first round. Because even if we I mean, lose to the, to the Eagles, Eagles, I don't know who got the tiebreaker. Who has the tiebreaker? We won the first game. Y'all Nobody had a tiebreaker. Well, I mean, if we beat y'all Sunday, then y'all be split. That's what I'm saying. I don't know who. Y'all have the same record, and y'all will be split. So I wouldn't know who has the tiebreaker. Well, it just depends on who 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 win the who win the who win the most game. I don't know who's gonna happen if it, I don't know how they do it if we both got the same amount of wins. Yeah, yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how they go. Um, but we we won't even have to worry about that, bro, because we gonna win this game and then we gonna win more games because we gonna be we damn sure gonna beat the Colts the week after that. So. Um, oh yeah, y'all might y'all might lose y'all next two games. That's what I'm telling you. Uh, we not, though. We not. Sure. We really not. Y'all need to beat the Eagles because y'all damn sure gonna lose the next week. We, we really, we really, right, really not, dog. And that, and that that was my other thing, dog. Like I said, you know, just make sure you got my stuff ready. I I just I let you know. I I got a good couple places that I like to eat at New Orleans too, yeah. bro. That's vegan friendly. You know what I'm saying? So I just you know want to put yeah. that out there. Um, just a just a slick side tooth my own little horn. You heard me. Uh, I'm in five fantasy football leagues, and I'm I'm have the potential to make. I'm in four playoffs. I have the potential to make a fifth playoff, which I touched on earlier in the uh, episode. Um, five out of six. Five out of six leagues. I'm making a playoff shot at zero out of one league that he not gonna make the playoffs in. I just want to put that out there. Um, Melvin Gordon. I know you. The, I know you. The Chargers insider. Do you have any updates on Melvin Gordon? Because I need him to come back ASAP. I do, but I kind of want you to stress about it. So I don't know what I'm saying. Well, fortunately, I don't have Melvin Gordon in our in our league. I don't have him in that league, so I, I ain't got to worry about that. That ain't my stress in that league. It's my stress in that league or whatever. In like three leagues, I got Melvin Gordon, and I'm like, ah, uh, he hurt. I heard they might sit him. I heard they might sit him uh, today and tomorrow, probably, which are off through uh, Friday. They're going to test it out and, and see if he can go. But he got a knee, right? Really mm-hmm. He got a knee injury, correct? Yeah. Okay, correct. well, hopefully he come back, man, because uh, I could use him in these playoffs. Uh, a couple of these leagues of money leagues that I got him in, and I really need to get go ahead and win this money. Uh... 
And then too, I need to get shake back in y'all league. So I got Tyreek this week. Tyreek, if you listening, I'm at your hat, boy. Shy thought I thought it was sweet. Shy thought I thought it was sweet. You heard me? But just know, it could be sweet, but it's gonna be sour for you. You call me sour patch kid today, B. Cause I'm a I'ma be real sour this week. But it's gonna end up sweet for me though. You heard me? Just know that. Just know that. I ain't got no L again. Look, Tyreek, you beat me earlier this year too. You got lucky. I know. Shy, don't talk, bro. You only won four games, B. Chill out. Chill out, B. <laughs> you got you got four games. You got four games, B. That you that you was victorious at. But look, man, look. If if y'all are fantasy football people, y'all about to get in the playoffs. I know it's waiver wide Wednesday already. If you missed them, if you ain't go get Samuels or that running back uh Wilson Jr. from the Redskins. I mean not the Redskins, the uh seven uh, oh boy, San Francisco 40, uh 49ers, I'm about to say 76. Yeah, you, you messed up. If you especially if you had Melvin Gordon or James Conner or Le'Veon, to say that. Uh, or Breeder. I had hey in, in two of the leagues that I had Le'Veon in, I'm in the playoffs. So that's not an excuse. Maybe for you, but not for me. Uh uh Cause that's what I do. I make the playoff five out of six times. Anyway. Yeah, you Hey, I'm about to make the playoffs in this quote unquote sweet league that uh, that yeah, I joined. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the high competition over here. That's why you're struggling though. But go ahead. Not go ahead. against you though. I did not struggle against you. Well, I did, huh? Cause Deshaun Watson. You beat me. You beat me. But I make the playoffs though. That's all it really matters. So look. Right. Thank y'all, thank y'all, thank y'all for listening to the show. Like, share, comment, subscribe. You know, tell us what you think about the show. Do all that good stuff. We really appreciate y'all listening. We'll be talking to y'all very, very soon. Y'all be blessed. Shad, you got anything you want to add? Um, no, man. My fantasy team sucks. I'm not in a good mood. Thanks. I don't have anything else. No, no, thanks. <laughs> Just like the cult, son. No, I can't wait. I can't wait till y'all lose against me. Next show, next show, y'all. Next show, the first. We're going to dedicate the first 15 minutes. It ain't going to even even take that much talk. It's going to be Cowboys win. (laughs) Cults going to lose. Bam. That's it. So we spent about 30 seconds on it. But anyway, all right, y'all. Y'all be blessed, man.